Welcome to another episode of Diversify This. I am your host, Hernán Goicochea. Diversify This. This week's story will take you into the world of mantra yoga meditation. What you are listening to is a small group of volunteers performing musical mantra chants inside a local yoga center in Woodside, Queens. Every year, this particular yoga center hosts a talent show to celebrate its anniversary. During the event, volunteers from the center get the chance to display their own musical abilities. Not only musical though, in other performing arts as well. That year, 2019, the center happened to be celebrating its 28th anniversary. Dressed in white color clothing, all gathered inside a room filled with dim lighting, they sit and watch as El Coro de Banan, or Devanan Choir, perform their musical numbers. And sitting among those performing the mantra chants is Victor Rafael Flores, a volunteer who's been with the yoga center for a little more than a decade. I remember that first meditation after I got the, the mantra, we call it, which is that secret word that you have and you use to meditate. After that first meditation, I opened my eyes and I felt like I was kind of reborn. I was like, whoa. I feel super relaxed and this just feels like home, you know? I felt like this was my place. This is Victor. For 12 years, he's been with the yoga center practicing mantra yoga meditation, an ancient meditation technique combined with yoga utilized to awaken the mind subconscious. So mantra yoga meditation is a technique that is based off yoga. So what is yoga? That's where we should start. Most of them miss the point of what yoga actually is. We think it's just like exercises. We think it's nice, you know, skinny little leggings and and cool yoga mats uh, and doing headstands and stuff. But yoga, what it is, is a philosophy. It's actually one of the most ancient and the most profound philosophy known to humankind. As you can see, this story is not about the music you heard. It's about what they teach inside this particular center, Mantra Yoga Meditation and why people come here to learn. Usually when we think of yoga, we think of hatha, or physical yoga, as a form of physical exercise. But apart from the physical postures and breathing techniques, what yoga actually is goes beyond our basic understanding. Hatha yoga, highly recommended, really good for, for the body. It also has effects on the nervous system and the mind. But for me, it's like if you go to a restaurant and you order the appetizer and it's delicious and you're like, oh, this is so good. And then you leave. It's like, what, what, what about the, the entree? What about the main, the main food? You, for, you, didn't, you missed out on the main point of that restaurant. You, know, you just had a little taste of it. And that's what most people get involved in is the physical exercise. It's one tiny limb of what yoga actually is. So the main course is mantra yoga meditation. It's a meditation technique. A meditation technique that works with a mantra, a mental sound with known effects. 
which is a word that is given to you personally to you that you only repeat in your mind in the background while you close your eyes and over time what happens is that it starts reducing the amount of noise going on the the mental chatter basically and this is where you sit down and you close your eyes and you repeat the mantra uh, mentally for 30 minutes in the morning and 30 minutes in the evening this is the mental exercise and hatha yoga is the physical exercise where you go to class we got the mats out or the chairs or whatever and we do the exercises uh, for the physical body so we usually recommend to practice them both Victor is a good friend of mine. We've known each other for quite some time, since we met back at the University of South Florida, where we both went to college. He now lives in New York City. During the day, he works as a regional sales executive for a surveillance tech company. But when he's not working, Victor spends most of his off time at the USA Devanon Yoga Center in Woodside, Queens, or as he refers to it, the Yoga Center, where he practices and teaches. I teach yoga classes, teach Hatha yoga classes once or twice a week. Uh, I give workshops, sometimes relaxation workshops, breathing workshops, uh, you know, different workshops for the body and mind. I also cook uh, once a month with a group of guys. So the guys cook the first Sunday of the month. Uh, we have a nice vegan buffet, gluten-free and delicious and nutritious. Now, in New York City, there are hundreds of places where people practice yoga, but the USA Devanon Yoga Center is home to an international community of mantra yoga practitioners from Latin America. You know, because once you get initiated, uh, you basically become part of the yoga family and, uh, and start getting connections all over, the, all over the world, really. So we have New York, Miami, Puerto Rico, Colombia, Paraguay, and Spain and Dominican Republic. And, you know, we have the presence of different uh, meditators or initiates, we call them, in several countries throughout North and South America. Initiates as? People who are initiated in the technique, it is majority Latinos. The lectures we give are in Spanish. Um, on Friday nights, many times we give English lectures because we do have some uh, English-only speakers. But either way, in any uh, lecture, any activity, we always have uh, simultaneous translation available. So it's open to both English and Spanish-speaking community. This particular community of practitioners is guided by the teachings of their spiritual guru, Dr. Luis Rivera. Entonces, cuando nosotros hablamos de, de filosofía yoga, estamos trabajando con cómo podemos integrar eh, y Unir los diferentes aspectos de la personalidad de cada cual. Unirlos, purificarlos. ¿Para qué? Para que usted como ser humano funcione mejor. This is a recording of Dr. Luis Rivera giving a lecture in Spanish. In it, he says, quote, When talking about the yoga philosophy, we are working on how we can integrate and unite the different aspects of a person's personality. Join them. Purify them for what? So as human beings, we can function better. Yeah, so we call him Guruji or Maestro in Spanish, Master. He is a doctor of natural medicine and also a medical doctor. He was born in Puerto Rico and he has been meditating and teaching uh, the yoga philosophy for over 40 years. 
Dr. Luis Rivera is the founder of the Yoga Center and many others located throughout the U.S. and in other countries. Um, so he has a huge breadth of knowledge in the subject and not just theoretical knowledge but practical knowledge because he's lived it. He started off like us and he went under his master, which is also my master, which is Swami Guru Devanand Saraswati Ji Maharaj. Porque el cuerpo lo que tenemos es un instrumento. Y si ese instrumento no está funcionando bien como debe ser, si el microcosmo, lo que está dentro del macrocosmo, si no está en una activación como debe ser, es porque la gente no va a ser consciente de esta expansión. This is Guru Devanand speaking during a conference. He says, quote, Our body is like an instrument. If such an instrument isn't functioning as it should, if the microcosm, which is located inside the macrocosm, is not active, it is because people, you'll not be conscious of this expansion. Back in India, Swami Guru Devanand was a spiritual master of the ascetic order of Shankara. According to the center's webpage, in his time, he studied in the Himalayan mountains for an extended period of time, first under the spiritual master Mana Swami, and later with the late Swami Shantanand. Okay, so Swami Guru Devanand first studied under the great saint, Mauna Swami. Mauna means silence. So he's a very recognized teacher in India and known as the monk of silence. Mauna Swami taught all of his disciples in the Himalayan mountains. He lived for 40 years in silence at an altitude of about 23,000 feet above sea level. And after studying under Mauna Swami, Swami Guru Devanand went down to Jyotirmat around 6,000 feet above sea level. And he studied under Swami Shantanand. This temple, Jyotirmat, is actually, was actually founded by Sri Adi Shankara. And it was established, you know, early on many you know like in the year 800 or something like that 820 and Swami Shantanand his teaching is a direct lineage from the teachings of Sri Adi Shankara just as Mauna Swami's teaching is as well so although Swami Guru Devanand had two teachers we actually consider it to be one single master because after a while, what happens is that you integrate with the teaching and you connect with your soul so much that you become one with the universe. As a master, Swami Guru Devanand made it his life's mission to bring the practice of mantra yoga meditation to the Western world. And so he preached the mantra yoga meditation to his students, a philosophy in itself that dates back to Adi Shankara an early 8th century Indian philosopher well known throughout Hinduism. He did so with a firm objective of, quote, reaching world peace through individual peace. This is actor Sarvadamandi Banerjee playing the role of Adi Shankara in the 1983 film Adi Shankaracharya, The Philosopher. In this scene, Adi Shankara is speaking to the king of India, and to his disciples. According to the English subtitles, he says, quote, Life is but a cycle of birth and death. 
Life is an ocean, hard to cross. He says so in the ancient language Sanskrit. Sri Adi Shankara is the master who started the mantra yoga meditation technique about 2,600 years ago. It's based on Jnana Yoga, which is basically the yoga of discernment. While interviewing Victor for this story, I visited his apartment in Sunnyside, Queens. Inside, I noticed a portrait image hanging on a wall, displaying two of the spiritual figures mentioned earlier. Plus, there was an unknown character I couldn't quite figure out, one on top of the other. Basically, on the bottom there is Swami Guru Devanand in white. In the middle, it's Sri Adi Shankara. And at the top of that is Shiva. So, basically, Shiva is like a Hindu god. In Hinduism, there's a holy trinity, similar to that in Western religion. They are a triad of deities, which are personified based on the cosmic functions of creation, maintenance, and destruction. So we have Brahma, the creator of the universe, of everything. Vishnu, the preserver of life. And then Shiva, the destroyer. Most notably, the destroyer of ignorance. So this destruction is a very important element in order to clean the path and open ourselves up to new things. So Shiva symbolizes what we work towards every day with our meditation practice. Eliminating ignorance in order to create space for wisdom to manifest. For as long as I've known Victor, he would never miss a single meditation. Even whenever going to meet with friends or attend an event around New York City, if needed, he would take the time beforehand, sit in his car, and meditate for a half hour. After I got initiated though, I went to college and, you know, I was kind of like distracted with things. So I missed, I did miss a few meditations uh, back in the day, back in the early years. But I would say it's been a good seven, eight years up to today that I have not missed one. Probably even more, more years. See, mantra yoga meditation plays an important role within Victor's daily routine. For him, it isn't just a hobby, it's a way of life. As I mentioned earlier, when not working, Victor spends most of his off time at the yoga center in Queens. Whew. So I'm there Tuesdays, Thursdays, some Saturdays, and Sundays. So I'm there pretty often. Um, it's like my second home, you know? Um, and what I do there is what a lot of people do there. So first of all, I'm, I'm a volunteer there, you know? Everyone who works at the yoga center is volunteer. We don't get paid for anything that we do. All the money that we get uh, for don from donations, we put it into the center so that we can continue running it, so that we can have the lights on, heating, cooling, and so that we have some extra money to do some more uh, outreach to the local community and beyond. As a volunteer, Victor also goes on spiritual retreats with other members from the center. On average, they do it four times a year. The retreats are usually held inside the yoga center, but there are times they choose to travel outstate New York, or to other cities, or to other countries. To them, the physical place doesn't matter as much, as long as they can get together and meditate in a single group. Um, during this retreat, what happens is basically that you prepare three days before. Um, the first day, you prepare by eating, you know, fruits, vegetables, a lot of fiber, a lot of liquid. The second day you eat just fruits and liquids. 
and then the third day is just liquids. So we do this kind of in preparation the three days before the retreat to flush out the system. Each retreat ranges from one to seven days. And during that time, Victor and the other volunteers expand on their mantra yoga meditation practices. And then when we start the retreat, we just drink coconut water. During that time, we're in silence. Um, and also, there's no speaking. Yeah, we're in silence, so there's no speaking, there's no symbols, there's no signs. We meditate an average of eight or six to ten hours a day. Um, two-hour sessions. Uh, we also practice Hatha Yoga and we listen to lectures from the Guru. So it's basically a meditation in intensive in which you are completely disconnected. You know, you don't have your phone on, you're not reading anything, you're not listening to music, you're disconnected from the outside world and you have a time to just be with yourself in silence and just to relax and get a little bit more profound in the meditations. I became curious to know what happens when placed in such state of mind and how it functions. Well, a lot of things happen in, in that state, you know. Once you close your lips, your mind is still speaking. But after a while, especially on the seven-day retreats, you notice your mind starts to not speak as much. And you get into states of relaxation and meditation that are very profound and very relaxing, very healing. And it's some of the best experiences that I've had in my life because that's where real change actually takes place. You've probably heard that we only use 10% of our mind, right? So what that means really is that I would say 10, 5 to 10% is that 5 to 10% of our mind is conscious and so so five to ten percent of our mind is conscious which means that 90 to 95 percent of our mind is subconscious which means we don't have control of it it's working in the background to put it in simpler terms so whenever you make decisions sometimes you know people who want to stop doing something that's bad whether it be smoking or hanging out with a certain person or, you know, drinking or doing something that they know isn't good for them, but they can't stop doing that thing. Or vice versa, they want to start doing something good, you know, I have a New Year's resolution, but they just can't get to actually completing that New Year's resolution or doing it for some reason. And this is because they're not making the decision, the subconscious is, and that's 90 to 95% of who they are. So basically, most of us go through life making decisions and doing things based on a part of us that we have no access to. And so the point of meditation and the point of spiritual growth is to take that 10% consciousness and make it 11%, make it 12%, 13%, higher and higher, so that you're more and more conscious of everything that you're doing and who you are, and you're able to make better decisions and stick with those decisions in the long run. Having said that, when it comes to putting knowledge into practice, Victor doesn't just talk the talk, he walks the walk. For example, while interviewing him for the story, I also noticed a gold-colored saxophone placed on a stand, located in Victor's living room. I said to him, I didn't know you play. That's when Victor mentioned he'd always wanted to learn to play the sax. He held it off for a long time until finally decided to purchase the instrument. And for the past five months, Victor had been practicing alone inside his apartment, learning to play. 
I used YouTube at the beginning just to learn like the basics of like what each note was and how to, you know, shape my mouth and how to produce sound and things like that. And I did that for a couple of months, just working on super duper basics. And then after that, I started taking private lessons um, to get a little bit more in depth with it. Learning to play the sax, like any other musical instrument, takes time and lots of practice. And while learning, Victor applied the same discipline he learned from practicing mantra yoga meditation. Yeah, I think the mantra yoga meditation technique, what it does in general, is over time it kind of opens you up creatively. And also it works on your discipline to learn any instrument or to be good at anything. You need to have uh, discipline, so it definitely helps in that sense. But I find that with meditation, the more you go inward and the more you tap into your subconscious and that more subtle part of yourself, the more the creative juices can kind of flow through, through you. So it is very possible that you know, through that, it just helps you become more focused and more, I guess, inspired to like learn new things. In fact, he was looking to show off what he learned at the talent show held in the yoga center. And that year, 2019, Victor played his very first saxophone solo in front of a small crowd of volunteers, leaving them shocked in the process. Entonces, uh, la canción que yo escogí Es una canción bien conocida en el mundo de jazz y quizás ustedes lo han escuchado alguna vez, aunque quizás no saben cómo se llama la canción, pero eso no importa. Entonces, <risa> discúlpame primero, por si acaso sale, sale terrible, pero <risa> todo con amor sale, sale bien, ¿verdad? Piedra no hay, tranquilo, así que toca. Gracias, gracias. <risa> This is a recording sound from that Saturday evening on October 26. In it, Victor is getting ready to play. He says in Spanish, quote, The song I chose is a song well known in the world of jazz. Perhaps you've heard it, although you may not know the name. But that doesn't matter. So ready? But first, I apologize if it comes out terrible. But hey, everything done with love comes out great, right? While the crowd laughed, one individual said, quote, We're not carrying rocks. Relax. So just play. In response, Victor thanked them. While working on this story, I got to know Victor further as a spiritual human being, as well as the community he considers his second home. Yet, 
In doing so, I began to wonder just how did he come to embark on such a path, a path he considers towards enlightenment. Okay, so growing up, I mean, dude, I was just, I was not into, I made fun of my sister and my mom because they were vegetarian. And they were into the yoga and the, all the ohms and stuff. And I was just like, hey, you guys, <laughs> you're in your little fluffy vegetarianism, blah, blah, blah. And I never really paid attention to it um, until one day when I was 17, almost 18 years old. Victor was born on December 22nd, 1989 in Miami, Florida, born to Colombian parents. Because of this, Victor was raised speaking Spanish. Most of the time I grew up in Miami, but I would be in Colombia every year, you know, like four months out of the year. It was like one third of my childhood was in Colombia, basically. I would oh. like go back and forth. So it's like in Miami, I'm the, I'm the Colombian. In Colombia, I'm the primo gringo. Yeah. Primo gringo as an American cousin. At the age of six, Victor's parents separated, leaving him growing up within two separate households, his father's, who later remarried, and his mother's. And that was like the best thing they could have done because damn, they were so bad for each other. Oh my God. So, you know, a lot of parents, they don't want to like separate because they're like, oh, for my kid, we should be together. But in some cases, when two people are so not compatible, you're actually doing your kid a favor by separating. So thanks, mom and dad. You guys are the best. Victor keeps a separate relationship with each of his parents. He also has a younger sister. In fact, both his sister and mom also practice mantra yoga meditation. For it was Victor's mother who first asked him, uh, actually, I had just turned 18 and my mom just asked me out of the blue one day. She said, do you want to learn how to meditate? And I, I didn't even think about it. I was just like, yes. And she was kind of shocked. She had like a face like, what, really? But it wasn't out of the blue, like Victor says. And so my mom, she had always been searching for something. She didn't really know what it was, but she was just felt like, you know, there was something out there that would give her life more meaning. She, you know, everything that she tried, you know, she went to self-help things. We went to Millionaire Mind. We did all these workshops, but there was just something that was like, and she was involved in a lot of things. She was looking up vegetarian restaurants. Uh, she was going to like psychics and like tarot readers and all these people. And she went to this one guy who was a psychic and he told her um, that anything spiritual that she does, she needs to include her both, both of her kids. So meaning myself and my sister. Searching for vegetarian restaurants, Victor's mom found a place called Prana, located in the northwest part of Miami, close to the airport. More than just food, the restaurant also offered meditation and yoga classes. It was there where it all began. I asked Victor what was going through his mind at that precise moment when his mom asked him about learning to meditate. Honestly, it was when she asked me that, I felt in that instant, finally, someone asked me or I was just waiting for someone to ask me that question. I don't know why. I think I have it probably from past lives or from whatever. I, I just brought that instinctually in me that I wanted to do that, you know. The restaurant, which no longer exists, was associated with the American Devanand Yoga Center, one of the many centers founded by Dr. Luis Rivera. After Victor said yes, his mom took him there to learn. So yeah, a couple of weeks later, I just, I, I got initiated in the practice of mantra yoga meditation, which was basically, I went to uh, this location, and then the guru, the master, the spiritual teacher, 
uh, taught me the meditation technique. So the technique itself is very simple, you know. Uh, it's said that it takes about an hour for the whole thing, uh, for the whole initiation process. Um, and only a fraction of that is teaching you the actual technique. Now, when we usually think of meditation, we tend to think within a deep state of concentration. Or at least that's what I thought for a long time. So the point of meditation for as far as mantra yoga meditation technique is not to concentrate. You don't have to be a master of concentration to start meditating. Anyone can do it. So when I meditate many times, my mind is going here, there, thinking about the bills, I'm thinking about that, I'm thinking about, you know, what I'm gonna eat, uh, you know. My mind, depending on the day, is crazier than other days, you know. But in the background, I have the mantra going in the background. So I allow the thoughts to come in. I allow all of whatever is happening in my mind to happen. Um, I don't block anything from happening. But in the background, I just have that little mantra uh, just repeating over and over. Let's say the mantra is mantras, and I'm thinking about things, and I just have it. Mantra, 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 mantra. So it's just, it's just that. Over time, what happens is that that mantra, it is, um, it's basically a word that has a frequency of vibration that is higher and that it's elevated. And what it does is starts purifying and cleaning your subconscious. As a result, one of the effects of meditation is that it enhances your concentration. According to Victor, you're not trying to forcefully bring your mind to concentrate, but rather the mantra naturally leads you and guides you to that. See, learning to meditate forever changed Victor's life. Because soon afterwards, he started to concentrate on making lifestyle changes. I made a lot of changes after I started meditating and leading up to beginning to meditate in my life that are not necessary for people to make. So 10 days before I got initiated, I started to meditate. I ate my last piece of meat. I decided to become vegetarian because I just didn't want to do that anymore. Growing up in a Colombian household, particularly his father's, Victor was raised as a meat eater. See, when it comes to Colombian culture, meat is an essential part of its traditional cuisines. The rest of my family, I mean, I'm Colombian, so <laughs> everyone eats meat. I grew up eating meat. I grew up eating, well, I never really liked chicharron, but, but uh, you know, bandeja paisa is like from the region of Colombia where we're from, which is like a stupid, it's like five or six, it's like a, an enormous, different types of amounts of meat on one plate. It's like pork and <laughs> and ground beef and this and that and the other. It's crazy. So big meeting meat eating culture for sure. However, Victor's mother back then was a vegetarian, now vegan. My mom, she would basically cook vegetarian meals and and she would cook uh, meat meals. And I used to always eat the meat, and then the vegetarian meal just looked good. So I started eating that. I felt great. Um, after eating it, I didn't feel all like, you know, I needed to go to sleep and not much energy. So I just started eating that. I didn't even notice I didn't eat meat for like three months. And then after three months, I tried a hamburger. I remember at a Super Bowl party and I was like, this is disgusting. And I was constipated for like two days afterwards. So then I was just like, ah, oh, there's no real need for me to eat meat anymore. After he himself became a vegetarian and then initiating in the mantra yoga meditation practices, Victor took it upon himself to attend many activities at the yoga center, attending lectures and discussion groups about health and wellness topics like natural medicine, vegan eating, 
cooking classes, relaxation workshops, pranayama or breathing exercises, spirituality, and so on. Part of this new lifestyle, Victor realized it was important to focus on health. And so, he began to apply what he learned from the lectures. First, he started out a vegetarian, eventually turning vegan. Also, he doesn't drink alcohol whatsoever. But that doesn't mean that you have to stop eating meat to meditate, okay? A lot of people think that there are rules to like meditate, that you have to stop eating meat, that you have to stop drinking alcohol, that you have to stop going out or whatever it is that you do. So there are no rules, no rules at all. You don't even, it, it's not based on belief, it's a philosophy. And uh, you don't have to even believe in the guru. You don't have to believe in the philosophy. You don't have to believe in anything. You just practice the technique. You may be thinking mantra yoga meditation has roots based on the religion of Hinduism, but that's not true. In fact, mantra yoga meditation preceded Hinduism, and like Victor said, it is a philosophy, and the technique itself can be utilized by anyone, regardless of their cultural or religious background. That's why it differs so much from religion, because in religion you need to have faith. And with faith you have to be able to believe in something even though you don't really know per se. You just have to believe it. So in the yoga philosophy, it's not about that. You don't have to believe in anything. You can have your own religion. We have in our yoga center Christians and Muslims and Hindus and people from all different religions that they just practice uh, meditation as a mental exercise. Victor began to meditate back in 2007, but back then, not everyone agreed. Oh man, there was so much pushback, because think about this, this was when I was 18, this was about 12 years ago. So vegetarianism and that whole yoga meditation, it wasn't as popular. Pushback, coming especially from his father. Back then I would be at my dad's house and I needed to meditate in the afternoon, so I would go out in the patio and meditate, and I remember this one time he came out and he got really close to me and he was like, Oh, um, um, you know, and he just like started making fun. And I was like, dad, dad, go inside. <laughs> Let me meditate. Unlike his mother and sister, Victor's father was not quite fond of the lifestyle changes his son made before and after learning to meditate. He would just be like, ay, mariquita, you know, I would get a lot of your mariquita. And then like, you know, I'd be I, around that same time I started meditating and doing yoga. It's like... In other words, he would call his son a little sissy, in joking terms, of course. So he wasn't very open to it, let's say. So my dad, oh man, he was just like typical, typical Colombian, you know, bandeja paisa, chicharron, patacón. Well, I eat patacón too, because it's actually, there's no meat in that. But, but you know what I mean? Food was a big part of his household. As I mentioned before, in Colombian culture, meat is essential when it comes to cuisine. Bandeja paisa, or country platter, is considered one of the most popular dishes. In it has chicharrón, or fried pork belly. Patacón, on the other hand, is a fried green plantain. In fact, patacón is something Victor still eats because it doesn't have meat, nor comes from animal product. Yet, for Victor's dad, perhaps food was one of the things he could share with his son. Perhaps that's why it became hard for him to accept. He would always bring up at like family gatherings, oh, remember Victor when he ate that, that shrimp in Disney World and we have that all-you-can-eat buffet. Man, that was so cool. So he was kind of like remembering, oh, remember when Victor used to eat everything and it was almost as if he longed for that. So 
he didn't really accept or acknowledge um, the vegetarianism or the meditation or any of that lifestyle, basically. Uh, he would make fun of it, uh, just as I did when I was a young kid. I, made, I would make fun of my sister and my mom. I think I learned that from my dad. But not only his dad found it hard to accept, other family members from his father's side found it hard as well. And then in family gatherings, especially my uncle, oh my God, he would just drill me, man. He would drill us, he's like, why don't you eat meat, blah, 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 blah. It's just like, it became a topic. You know, it's kind of like when you, you just want to have a simple meal and then everyone stops talking about how you're vegetarian or vegan or whatever. And then you're just like, shut up. Like, can we talk about something else? This is not that important. <laughs> But as time passed, Victor's family became more accepting of his lifestyle. But not only his family members. In fact, over the past years, the number of people in the U.S. who practice yoga and meditate has also increased, showing that such practices have become more acceptable. According to The Good Body, a health-related website containing research and case studies, between 2012 and 2016, the number of people who practice yoga has grown by 50%. And the number of people who practice meditation has tripled from 2012 to 2019. In fact, meditation is almost as popular as yoga nowadays. The main reason for practicing both, according to the site, is because people look to improve their general wellness. The same reason goes for people looking to turn towards a vegetarian or vegan diet. According to an infographics created by healthcareers.com, an independent online job platform focused solely on healthcare, is mostly for the same reason as yoga and meditation to improve general wellness, just like Victor did. Now it's a little bit more accepted, but back then people didn't understand as much. It wasn't as accepted. And, and on some kind of level, I also feel like people kind of see it as a threat um, because it's kind of like, it's kind of like, I felt like at least with my dad's family, it was like, it was kind of like we were saying, oh, our choice of what we eat is healthier than you and yeah and you you should be like us or something like that even though we weren't trying to make it like that but it's kind of like it felt like they felt guilty for eating meat you know because they would ask us and we would just tell them we're like oh, I feel better you know I don't feel as happy after I eat and this is, it's great you know it's great for fitness and then they see that you know we're, we're very fit as well we're active and so it works with our lifestyle and so they kind of see, saw it as a threat. Um, but then after a while, um, you know, we, they would ask us. We wouldn't say anything. For my sister and I and, and other people I know, especially in the yoga center, we're just like, you know, we do our thing. If you want to, like, learn about it, I mean, you can ask us. And we're more than glad to, like, tell you. But it's, like, it's just about, like, spreading information. But it's not, not trying to, like, force anyone into anything. So... Even Victor's father has become more accepting of his son's lifestyle, as well as daughters, since Victor's sister is also vegan and practices mantra yoga meditation. Over the years, my dad would ask us questions because he would see, you know, we didn't have to talk. He would just see from our lifestyle and from how we carried ourselves, the difference in us, you know, which a lot of it is attributed to the mantra yoga meditation technique. Um, so yeah, he would just ask us questions. We would tell him stuff here and there up to the point where it's now, he eats a lot less meat, 
and he's like making smoothies he's like making kale smoothies like doing a whole bunch of fruits and vegetables and he like calls me and he like tells me about all this like plant stuff he's eating <laughs> he like is bragging about it he's like man have you eaten kale it's so good blah 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 and i was just like oh cool dad that's good that's good <laughs> Now, to make it clear, Victor has a good relationship with his father, despite their ideological differences. Actually, I remember once, while hanging out among friends, Victor mentioned how he and his father looked the same, physically, but had completely different personalities. Um, so I just let him be. I'm like, you know, it's fine. It's okay. Um, I just keep doing my thing. Now I say that, but back then it did affect me growing up. You know, I kind of wanted his approval. Um, but now I could say it's like, we're two completely different people with two like levels of consciousness, two different life experiences, and you know, but we respect each other mutually. We love each other for who we are, and it's and it's all good now. In fact, a few days prior to the interview, Victor's father happened to be visiting New York to spend time with his son. My dad was just here in New York. I took him to two vegan restaurants, and he was like, in love with it. He was like, "Oh, this is so good!" Wow. Yeah. Victor was only 18 years old when he began to practice mantra yoga meditation. Soon afterwards, he went to attend college at the University of South Florida, located in the city of Tampa, where he received a bachelor's degree in international studies in Chinese, later a master's degree in sustainable development. While in college, he continued his daily meditation practices, but the lack of a yoga center nearby and group meditations at times created challenges, even caused him to miss a few sessions back in the day, as he mentioned before came with its challenges first of all because I had a roommate and I needed to find times to meditate when he wasn't there or like do it in a way where it wouldn't like disturb him or you know uh, I would just have to talk with him to, to make sure that he was like he knew when I was meditating and if he was going to be in to just be quiet and it goes for all of the yogis and the meditators out there who don't have a group per se because group meditations are really powerful and they're really motivating and it's good to have like a group to do it together it's just like with anything you know when you have a group or you know when you're not alone then you get more motivation to continue a certain practice but whenever he went back home to Miami during summer or holiday breaks he would reconnect with his yoga family as Victor became more involved with the practice, he also got the chance to meet other practitioners from the sister centers founded by Dr. Luis Rivera, especially those from the New York branch, where he spends majority of the time now. While in college, Victor also traveled to different countries, China, where he studied abroad, Thailand, and India, where he spent time in a small village living among locals. After completing his studies, Victor settled back home temporarily, where he spent time looking for a full-time job. And soon after searching, he landed a job in the Big Apple. Well, not exactly. And of course, I graduated with a master's in sustainable development, and there were like zero jobs in Miami for that. There were zero jobs, it seemed, anywhere for that. So I ended up um, just looking for anything under the sun. I landed a, a gig in Long Island. Stayed there for a year and then moved to New York City. Victor had landed a job located in Ronkonkoma, a small suburban town in Suffolk County, Long Island, approximately 47 miles away from New York City. But the heat didn't stay long. I was in Long Island without a car 
traveling to work on a bicycle that was miserable um people in long island are pretty aggressive i mean they just have a thing they don't really like bikers i was cycling and this pickup truck tried to like drive me off the road and that was the last time i was like you know what i can't do this anymore so i bought a car i was commuting to work um but it was just so boring there that i wanted to I wanted to do something, I, I wanted to live somewhere else because there was nothing really out there. In that time, Victor's cousin had recently moved to New York, from Miami as well. Together, they found an apartment in Forest Hills, Queens, and moved right after. One of the many reasons he chose Queens was to be closer to the yoga center, where he continued his mantra yoga meditation practices. Still, he continued to commute to work, but the job didn't last long either. Oh man, that job, uh, it was actually for a company called Artbean. And uh, it was run by this Chinese dude. That's actually why I got it, because I speak Mandarin. So we had the interview, and the guy's like, you're hired. Um, and it was a startup art company run by this ex-pharmaceutical CEO in China. So obviously, lots of red flags from the beginning. And yeah, long story short, it ended up being a money laundering scheme. And uh, <laughs> yeah, it was totally, it, it was like... You know, I got fired, and then a month later, the company shut down. So it was like a whole bunch of weird things going on. Um, so yeah, it was a really weird gateway entry point to getting into New York, but whatever, I'm grateful because it got me here and I love this city. After losing his first professional job in New York, Victor became unemployed for a period of about four to six months. Now, those who live or who's lived in the Big Apple understand just how scary it can be to lose your job especially because the cost of living in New York, plus other small factors that add to it, can be quite expensive. For Victor, it became a period in time where he felt lost. I felt like I didn't have a direction career-wise or really much of a purpose I felt for being in New York as opposed to living in Miami where I'm from but I was trying to carve out that purpose on my own day to day with the things that I did, with the things that I said. And there's always some uncertainty in that path of self-discovery, self-realization, and coming to terms with who you are and stuff like that. And it's a, it's a constant process, I feel, that never ends. While unemployed, one of the challenges Victor faced was coming into terms with his own pride and ego. I was very hard-headed, and I would only settle for the dream job that I was looking for, and nothing, nothing less than that. And as it happens many times in life, I wanted one thing, but life was giving me something else. So I needed to learn and to adapt to that even though it was very difficult for me, and this is something that goes on, has been going on from, from way before, is my stubbornness, my hard-headedness, and just trying to get exactly what I wanted, but that's probably not what I needed. Becoming unemployed created a sense of urgency in Victor's mind, but his daily practices of yoga and meditation, as well as the yoga philosophy, helped Victor get off his high horse and prioritize what was most important in his life at that moment. And I came to the decision within myself, saying that I will end up homeless on the street before I move back to Miami and move in with my mother. 
And I was very committed to that. And so probably partly the fear of being homeless or moving back home uh, created a sense of urgency within myself to just make ends meet. And so Victor started working at a local suit shop, making $10 an hour. He also delivered groceries and did handyman work for people he knew, like painting and fixing furniture. Basically, anything he could get his hands on doing, he would do it. In the meantime, Victor also looked for temporary positions in other professional fields, like finance, but soon realized he wasn't content. I knew the alternative was not an option. And I think it was at that point where I I kind of moved to a, a new level, a new way of thinking. And I honestly just grew up and figured out what was most important in life instead of this narrow vision of what I had uh, before for my life. And many times that happens to us that we get stuck in this mindset. And don't get me wrong, it's really great to have goals and objectives. I have them as well. But we have to understand that those goals and objectives can change over time as well because we're changing, hopefully for the better. Eventually, Victor would land a job at a tech surveillance company, establishing himself in a career within business-to-business -business sales. And recently, Victor had just moved into a new apartment, the one located in Sunnyside, where he held this interview. Things have been looking well for him. It's difficult because everything takes time. But for me, I feel that everything that I have in my personal life, as well as in my professional life, is thanks to the yoga center, is thanks to Guruji, who's the guru, and is thanks to this, this mantra yoga meditation technique and this philosophy. So I, it's, for me, it's an honor to be able to help out there. Nowadays, Victor continues to find himself, discover more about his own self. In doing so, he will continue practicing mantra yoga meditation until the day he passes away. At least that is what he told me. And Sunday, he looks to achieve the same level of knowledge and discipline as his teacher, Dr. Luis Rivera. And that's kind of what a master is. They go through the path, they learn from their master, and then they're equipped to be able to teach others to do the same kind of thing. So he's like the sun. He illuminates the path, you know. And it doesn't matter, you know, if you think about the sun, actually, the sun doesn't discriminate. You know, there's a poor person. It doesn't matter if you're poor or you're ugly or you're fat or you're sad or you're happy or you're skinny or you're a criminal, you're a wanted murderer or you're a saint. The sun is going to shine on you no matter what. The sun doesn't care. And Guruji is kind of like that. He's he's has this technique and he teaches people and anyone can try it out. And it's just, he's just an amazing example as a, as a human being. This story was written and produced by me, Rango Icochea. And if you enjoyed the story, stay tuned for the next one.